You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. In my regular episodes with Dr. Christian Coachman, we bring you a two-part series with one of the most brilliant minds, brilliant teachers in all of dentistry, Dr. Bill Robbins. And we broke this up into two parts. So the first part is we just get inside the mind of this brilliant teacher and learn a little bit more about his story. And you're going to love it. And in part two, which is the next episode, so you're going to have to hold on tight for that one, he explains the difference in teaching and presenting a beautiful case and why it's so important to understand the difference. So make sure you guys check this out. I know you'll enjoy it and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. Another special edition uh, in this rolling series with Dr. Christian Coachman. And we've got a good mutual, not good, amazing mutual friend, Dr. Bill Robbins. And we're going to look back at an amazing career, what makes a great teacher, and lessons learned so that you guys can enjoy this journey in dentistry. Christian, I would love for you to introduce our guest today. And I would love to introduce him but before, just hello to you, Kirk. Once again, here on our Tuesdays together, bringing our both communities together. I'm loving this, and uh, I want this to go forever. So we're going to continue uh, interviewing people, chatting with each other. Uh, what I love about this is that uh, by having two of us asking questions to one great person, you know, we can approach this person from different perspectives bring my background, bring your background. Uh, also give us some time as one is asking one question, the other one is thinking, what is the best next question to make? Uh, and it's working very well. So it's great to have one more guest here. Uh, and I always say, and he always answers, uh, no, that's not true, but I always emphasize that once again, he is one of my mentors, one of the guys that I most admire on the lecturing circuit. As I say, there are many great clinicians giving lectures, but there are very few real teachers giving 
lectures. That's why we love the real teachers and I can name maybe six, seven, eight, ten names that I really admire, not only as a clinician, but I admire as a teacher. And Bill Robbins is among these few, uh, as I call, thought organizers. And this can be confirmed by his amazing book with another guy that I admire so much, Jeff Rouse, uh, Global Diagnosis, his book that I suggest in every single lecture I give as one of the best books to not only give you a recipe to treatment plan, but make you understand how to think, you know, the thinking process. So for me, it's a great honor to have Bill here uh, in our podcast, not talking about the regular topics. I interviewed Bill many times, you as well, Kirk, talking, not talking about him giving a lecture about a clinical topic, but we understanding who is Bill as a person, Bill as a dentist, Bill as a teacher. So welcome, Bill. Please say hello to our community. Oh, it's indeed a pleasure to be with both of you today. Two of my favorites on the earth. Uh, <laughs> I, I get to see Kirk uh, fairly often and we get to talk, but I don't get to see you very often. And so it's just a pleasure to see your face and hear your voice. And thanks for the invitation today. And, <laughs> and the other thing is, um, it's always interesting to me that in, in the hierarchy of things, we always consider the old guy to be the mentor and the younger person to, to be the mentee. I mean, that's just the way the world is kind of set up. And I'm a couple of decades older than you, and yet clearly I consider you to be an important mentor to me. And so it really transcend, transcends age for sure. What an honor. We may get into it or not. I don't know about how we met and so on, but um, certainly I consider you, it's interesting that you would say that you consider me to be a mentor because I feel exactly the same way about you. Yeah, but having you saying that shows why you are my mentor. <laughs> Just this super genuine, humble approach to everything that comes to you, being so positive about things. You are one of the most positive persons I met, for sure. Uh, and I know life is not easy to anybody and life is maybe, we're not always easy to you, but you always had this very positive approach to things, always with the smile on your face. Uh, and that is one more reason why uh, I love chatting with you and learning from you. And getting this opportunity, we always talk a lot about dentistry, but for me it's also a unique opportunity to get to know you a little bit beyond that. And uh, my, my first question to you is, uh, why dentistry to start with? Yeah. Why dentistry is, is the easiest one to answer for me because I never do anything different. Um, my grandfather was a dentist. My two uncles were dentists. My father was a dentist. And I know I don't approach your eight or nine generations of dentists, <laughs> but, um, but I did have this background. And when I was growing up, um, my father's dental office was in our home back in many years ago. It was that way in the United States. You'd have uh -huh. home upstairs and dental office downstairs. And so I followed um, my dad around as a little kid in the dental office. And I loved my dad. And he was a great man. And his patients loved it. He had a great personality. And I still remember um, sort of... Um, early in, in my time of, of following him around the office. And 
then later when I was actually in dental school and in the summer I would hang out with him in the office some and he would walk out of the office and he he treated blue collar patients pretty much and so they'd be mechanics and farmers and and they would say so son are you I hear you're going to go, you're going to Delta school. I said, yes, sir. I'm in Delta school. And they say, if you're half the dentist your father is, you'll be a hell of a dentist. And so I grew up with um, a very positive attitude about the profession and really never considered anything else. If you're a Robin boy, you just become a debtor. That's just the way it was. <laughs> and sort of the final chapter of that is my son, Andrew, just graduated from Delta school three weeks ago. And so he's more than generation. So we're trying to catch your eighth or ninth. Oh, man, I better move. I better move. <laughs> he literally is just starting his AGD residency program um, last Friday. So he's, he's going to do it another year now and um, and try to grow up as a dentist. So it's an easy question to answer. That's all I ever knew was dentist. Fantastic. No. Since you had this amazing, because I, I my father's also a dentist, but I, I was never a teenager or a young person that wanted to, you know, go to my father's office. I, I was never there. And my father was very casual about it, never pushed us, never took us. And uh, it was a last minute decision, kind of the opposite of you. So you had this opportunity to really see dentistry uh, done by your father many decades ago. That was what? What, what decade was that? Oh, well, it was... Um... So I'm, this is my 50th year practicing dentistry. So, you know, it was 60 years, 60, 70 years ago when I was in that process of making a decision about day of dentist. And, and, and people say that dentistry is going through a disruption now. It would be cool to understand how do you compare dentistry done at that time? And, and what are the things that catches the most your attention about what you saw happening in a practice 60 years ago and what you see in the practice happening now well it's interesting because i think there's a dichotomy there um that which makes dentistry so fun so so enjoyable is the relationship part of it and my father was not a great clinician he was actually a farmer who loved to farm and dentistry just supported his bad habit of farming and then you know, <laughs> the same passion for dentistry that i have so it was the relationship part uh that that I first learned about um, when I hung out with you know, and how he related to his patients and how much they loved it. So what drew me into dentistry, I think, was the relationship, not the technical part. I mean, from the clinical part, obviously, um, dentistry is so much better in so many ways. Back in his day, what he would do, I, I would stand there and watch him, and he would extract 28 teeth on a patient and put in an immediate denture. I mean, that was a normal day for him. Well, that's not a normal day anymore. You don't do that anymore. But but the relationship part of it, yeah. I think, is what drew me into it. And I would say at this stage, it's what still is the most rewarding for me because yeah. I'm still practicing, but I'm practicing part-time. I still practiced to a young prosthodontist three years ago, and she's been a wonderful um friend and boss now actually and what brings me to the office these days what i continue to enjoy doing here is primarily seeing my old patient so i'm still doing dentistry and i do some sophisticated dentistry i don't work near as hard as i used to but i see my old patients that are really her patients now 
and I have time. I'm not rushed anymore. And so I have time to sit and talk with them. And so it's interesting. What brought me to dentistry was the relationship part of it. And what's going to usher me out at the end is the same. And then there was a lot of technical dentistry in between. <laughs> All right. So, Bill, I have a question. What would you consider the keys to having a successful and happy career in dentistry? Well, I think we all go through many different passages in our lives. And, you know, I, I, I went to the Panky Institute many years ago and I learned about the cross of life and, um, you know, the four arms of the cross and happiness in the center. And I've come to believe that it's a very difficult and perhaps even a false um, thing that we're trying to attain with this goal of living our life in, in balance. And I struggled with that concept, and maybe we'll talk about that a little more. So for a young dentist that's 32, 32 years old, let's say she has a husband, she's got a couple of kids, she's got a full-time practice that she's actually bought into. So she's not doing this as a hobby. This is this is her career. Um, the idea of living your life in balance is impossible. If you're building a practice, it's going to take more of your effort than the play side of your life. So I'm not demeaning play and family and worship. I think those things are incredibly important. But certainly there are times in your life passages when you're going to have to commit more to one of those four arms than the other. So I think um, you know, the, the, the success of a young dentist is going to take a lot of work. And there's just no way around it. And I think the next part of it is you can't do it by yourself. Um, clearly, um, you have to have people taking this walk with you. Um, I've had so many people along the way that have helped me from the business side, the professional side, and the emotional side, and the behavioral side. And dental school is literally just tipping your toe into the pool. And I see that with my son. And he's smart enough to realize that, I mean, he is a rank beginner and all of the things that we just talked about. And so um, he's going to have to enlist a lot of people along the line to help him in this journey. The other part is, is what I love, what I've loved in my career is watching um, the life bulb go on. And I know that Christian and you also have experienced that a lot. And that's when you're working with a younger dentist or a student or a resident, and all of a sudden they get it. There's some concept that they get. And that feeling, I think, um, transcends almost any for me as a teacher. When I see a light bulb go in, go on on the uh, mind of, of a young dentist, and they get either a vision or at least they get um, an idea of what um, we were talking about what what the goal was for the discussion we were having. And so the thing I love is being around, you know, I love young dentists. I love dental students and young dentists and residents because they make me feel young. They energize me. And when the light bulb goes on from one of their heads, and occasionally, less now in all honesty, but occasionally the light bulb goes on in my head also. So there's still clearly a give and take. And that would probably be a pretty good segue, I think, uh, Christian, you and me to talk about how my late 60s, um, you captured my imagination. Uh, I, yeah, one, one thing just to comment, you, you, you 
you know, you mentioned uh, relationships. I would definitely say this is one of the pillars for success. Uh, mastering the art of relationships, as you said, one of the main things you learned from your father. I did learn this from my father as well. My father is a master on relationships as well and uh, was the key for his success besides being a very good dentist. Uh, the other thing you mentioned was, you know, finding great mentors. I think uh, that's another pillar, a shortcut to success, finding great mentors and lucky the students that have you as a mentor uh, and can listen to you and have their light bulbs going on because they're interacting with you. But going back to your career, you know, you said that once in a while, light bulbs still come off and that's amazing. That's, you know, what we talk about the beginner's mind, you know, even though you're a master, you are an extremely mature, successful professional, you still are open and you're still willing to learn. And once in a while you, you still are excited about learning something. Uh, if you could look back into your career and explain the main landmarks, the main moments where you had these huge light bulbs coming off, you know, what were the key happenings or personalities or things that you went through that really bumped your career up? So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about two. I'm gonna tell you about the beginning and the end, or closer to the end. So as I told you more about my father, um, and you know what a wonderful human being he was, um, but he wasn't passionate about dentistry, as I've already said. He he worked half a day a week. I, I mean half a day. He worked in the morning, and and he'd go to take a nap, and that and he'd go to the bar, and so that's what he loved to do. He loved to bar, and when I was in my third year of dental school, I just assumed I was going to come back and work with my father. That's what you do. Um, I went to school in Memphis, Tennessee. I grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas. It's about a two and a half hour drive. And I just assumed I would go back. He had room for me and I'd go back to Little Rock and I'd go to work with him. That's what you did in those days. You worked with your father. And when I was in my third year of dental school, one day we were talking and he said, you know, I've been hearing about a program called an internship for young dentists that just graduate. And I think you ought to consider doing that. And I said, I haven't heard about that. What is it? And he said, well, it's a year that you spend uh, after you graduate from dental school and you learn some more. And then after that, if you want to come back and work with me, you know, um, that'd be great. And I said, well, where, how do you find out about that? And he said, go to the VA hospital in Memphis and they have a program there. Go talk to him. I said, okay. So I went to the VA hospital. I found out about this dental internship. They didn't call them GPRs back then. They called them an internship. And I applied for it because my dad told me to. You do what your dad tells you. <laughs> I got into the program and I loved it. It was amazing. And I learned so much in that first year that my head was spinning. And so that was the first indication to me that there was more than what I'd learned at dental school. I had to pay a year back um, for the year that I did. That was the way it was back then. So during my second year in the VA, when I was paying back for my internship, I decided that I wanted to get more education. And when I'd done my internship, you know, I had uh, with three months of the periodontist and three months within the endodontist and so on through the program. And when I would finish the three months, I'd want to be a periodontist. And then I would go to oral surgery and after the three months of oral surgery, I'd want to be an oral surgeon. And so 
at the end of this thing, I realized I really enjoyed the whole breadth of dentistry. And the VA had just started a two-year general practice residency. And so during my second year, when I was paying back, I applied for that. I got in, I went to San Diego, and I did a two-year GPR. And it was at that point that I was hooked into the academic side of dentistry. I just loved it. And so I, they sent me back to San Antonio. That's how I got to San Antonio um, to pay back from my residency program. There was a residency at the VA. I became director of that program. I started teaching a little bit at the donor school. And at this point, I was booked in academics. And I've always been so grateful to my father for many, many reasons. But one of the reasons was, is that he had a vision for me that I didn't have for myself. And he essentially gave me the freedom to go off and pursue this other career. And he would have loved to have practiced with me. We would have had fun together. It would have been a successful practice. But he knew the type of dentistry he was practicing wasn't going to be rewarding to me. And he knew that there would be, I think he knew that there was more there for me than a career pulling teeth in Little Rock. And so he gave me the freedom and sort of pushed me out of the nest to do the academic thing first. And I never returned. And mm -hmm. I never, I never um, went back and practiced with my father, but I think he was very proud of the academic career that I had and mm -hmm. never saw me in private practice because he died before I, I was in academics for 25 years and um, he died before I went into private practice. So, so that was the front end, the freedom that my father gave me to sort of spread my wings. So let's go to the back end of the career. And it happened, <laughs> I don't know, seven, eight years ago when, no, it's probably nine years ago when I first heard you speak. And, uh, you know, at this point in my career, we just written our textbook, Jeff, or we were conceiving the textbook. It was being written. And so I was fairly far down the road in my academic career and I heard you speak and I thought, wow, this is really cool. Now, back in those days, you had to do your own, you had to do your own keynote presentation. I mean, you had to yeah. do your own smile design and all. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just wasn't all that good at technology. And so the first time I heard you speak, I thought it was really cool, but I went home. That was in Chicago on a Saturday. I went home on Monday and did nothing about it. <laughs> buddy brian did say you know brian yeah very well he he had already started doing digital smile design with you and we were talking and he said you have got to do the sd he said it couples so beautifully with global diagnosis you just have to do it and i said yeah yeah i know but i didn't do it <laughs> so then a year later brian and i were at a meeting together again in chicago and he said so Tell me about DSD. How are you doing with it? I hung my head. I said, well, I, I didn't do anything about it. He said, you have got to go take Coachman's residency program. And I said, okay. And so I, I signed up. I went to New York and it was at NYU. Still remember it very clearly. And you got up and spoke. Um, you know, you started the morning on a Monday morning. It was a full week. And I went up to you at a break and introduced myself. And you were very gracious and, and at least played like you knew who I was. And uh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> that was sort of the, the genesis of our friendship. And yeah. during the week, you then said, would you like to give a 15-minute presentation? 
that goal diagnosis. And I said, sure, it'd be my pleasure. And so that was the first time that you and I were sort of together talking about global diagnosis. And you were very complimentary about, you know, the 15 minute presentation. And that was the beginning of our friendship. And I did then actually go home and start doing digital smile design. And it's hard. If you go to the residency program, it's hard to go home and do this. Once you get done, the second case is easier and the third case is easier. And it has been um, one of the most important and relevant things to have happened to me in the last decade for, for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's really fun. It really helps with this whole issue of patient, patient communication. I mean, that is, for me, the crux of DSD, and that is the, the patient communication part of it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But it's also, I think, helped me to remain relevant because as I age and stand in front of groups, people know I'm getting old. And, you know, in order to be relevant to a younger group of dentists, you, you can't be talking about gold restoration. I mean, I still do. I still do gold in my practice, but you can't lecture about that because it's not relevant anymore to them. And so DSD has brought a lot of pleasure to me in my clinical practice, but it's also helped me to remain relevant, I think, in the eyes of younger dentists, because as I lecture and incorporate this in my lectures, I still find that there's a small percentage of people that are that have really embraced this technology. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. After 10 years of you teaching this, it's still, um, it's just the grass is so great. Yes, it's still, it's still happening. And you cannot imagine, for me, is it just a, uh... A beautiful thing to listen to all that you're saying. Of course, people can imagine uh, coming from you. Amazing compliment. Uh, and, uh, you know, I 100% knew who you were. Okay. Just to emphasize this. Uh, and somebody told me that you were coming before. And I was extremely honored and even feeling the anxiety and the pressure to be actually teaching with you in the audience. And uh, I had this crazy idea of inviting a mentor that I just met to actually teach in my own course, live in front of everybody. And you were like, yeah, I have my laptop. If you want, I can do it. It was just crazy. And you went up there and you gave an amazing lecture as always. And as you said, the friendship started. Amen to both of what you what you both said. And I don't care if you're a dentist or a non-dentist. I think the challenge for anybody listening is always keep your best years in front of you. And I see that with both of you. So uh, it keeps the journey exciting. So thank you, gentlemen, for both being on today. As always, I appreciate your friendship, your leadership, and just who you guys are. Amazing. It's been an honor for me to be with two of my favorite people. Um, I wish we were in person so we could hug. But yes. Other than that, it's been it's been a great day for me. Thank you for the opportunity to be a part of it, both of you. Hope to see you guys soon in person. All the best. Awesome. Yeah. Well, stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else, but thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show. Hey, if you enjoy today, do us a favor. Just hit the share button. Keep sharing this with your friends. We are just loving this. We're going to have Christian back again and again and again, and Bill back again and again and again. Keep sending us your suggestions for things that you guys want to see. And until we see you guys next time, or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practices show. You guys, enjoy your day.
So there you have it. Inside the mind of a brilliant teacher in dentistry. Don't miss part two, which Dr. Robbins explains the difference in teaching and presenting a beautiful case and what you need to know about that. So make sure you check that out. So until we hear from you next time or you see us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practices show. You guys have a great day. Thank you.